Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In the book of Genesis chapter 25, the Bible tells us the story of the birth of Jacob and Esau. In verse number 21 of that particular chapter, the Bible tells us, now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because he watched, because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. And the older shall serve the younger. Now this verse of the scripture gives us an indication of what the Lord Almighty has planned for the life of Jacob, who was supposed to be the younger of the two sons. The Bible tells us that the younger shall be the leader and the elder shall serve the younger one. The younger one was supposed to be the leader, was going to be the leader of the two. And as always, how the Lord plans to do it, or when the Lord plans to do it, he doesn't tell you. He just tells you this is what I'm going to do. You just have to kind of trust him and to wait on him to do it when he wants to do it. So, as Jacob began to grow, Jacob probably heard the story of the revelation that God has spoken concerning his life, that he was going to be the boss, and his brother was going to follow him. So Jacob started scheming, because God did not tell him I was going to do it, and when he was going to do it, Jacob started, you know, he started scheming, and he started scheming with the help of his mother to craft a way to bring about the realization of the promise of God for his life. We all know the story, how Jacob tricked his brother into receiving the, his birthright. How Jacob, with the help of his mother, impersonated Esau to be able to receive a blessing. How he tricked his father, you know, to get the blessing of the firstborn. How he was end, how he ended up running away from his brother because his brother was beyond pissed. He really wanted to deal with him. So this man started running away. And the Bible tells us that as he started running away from his brother, the Bible told us that he got to a particular place and he had to pass the night. And that was where we read in our Bible reading this morning, in, uh, in chapter, uh, chapter 28, verse number 13, reading there, the Bible tells us, Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give you and your descendants. And your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread above to the way abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. The Lord basically repeated the same promise that He gave unto each that He gave unto Abraham. The Lord 
basically repeated exactly the same promise. The Lord told him that it was going to be a blessing unto him. It was going to bring him back to the land. It was going to make his descendant to be multitude. That was basically the same blessing, the same promise that he made unto Abraham. Now the Bible tells us that when Jacob woke up, Jacob realized that he has had a visitation with from, from the Almighty God. And in verse number 18, the Bible tells us that and Jacob arose early in the morning and took the stone and he has put at his head, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on it. And he called the name of the place Bethel because the name of that city was Lot's previously. In other words, you know, in other words, just like his grandfather Abraham, when Jacob woke up, Jacob received a clear promise from the Almighty God. When Jacob woke up, he took that particular uh, the stone that he has used as a pillow and set it up as an altar. So just like his father, he had a clear promise. Just like his grandfather, he re, you know, he built an altar. And on that particular altar that Jacob built, he did what? He gave a, you know, he made a commitment to serve the Almighty God. Now, if you continue to read the story of Jacob carefully, you will begin to see that over, it took over 20 years for Jacob to go back to that particular land where he received the initial visitation of the Almighty God. It took Jacob over 20 years before he was able to come back to that place where he built an altar unto the Lord. It took him over 20 years to see the realization of the fulfillment of his God, of the promise of God for his life. And all through that years, he went through a lot of interesting things. By the time you get to Genesis chapter 35, the Lord God Almighty now reminded Jacob and said, you have to come back. Genesis 35, reading from verse number 1, the Bible said, Then God said to Jacob, Arise and go to Bethel. And dwell there. Because that was where you made a commitment unto me. That was where you said, I'm going to be your God and you are going to be, you know, you are going to serve me. He said, arise and go to Bethel and dwell there. And make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of your brother. And Jacob said to his friend, to his household, and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourself and change your garment. And let us arise and go to Bethel. And I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me in the way which I have gone. So you see the verse of the scripture we have read is telling us Jacob made a full circle and went back to the place of his divine encounter with the almighty God. The journey took 20 years but eventually ended up there. And the question that we have tried to answer since the beginning of the month has been what happened between the time that Jacob received the promise and the time of the fulfillment of that particular promise. What was Jacob doing between the time that he first received a revelation of the Almighty God of what God will do in his life and what God, you know, and the time he went back to that particular place where he got that encounter. What happened? You know what, what happened between the promise and in between the time the promise was given and the time the promise was fulfilled? What happened? Seeing the gap, what do you do when you get the promise of God between the time you get the promise of God and the time the promise is fulfilled. What do you do in between that period? If you read the account of the life of Jacob, the first thing you will notice is that when Jacob was waiting for the fulfillment of the promise of God, he did exactly the things that his, that his grandfather did. The first thing he did was to build an altar unto the Almighty God. The Bible said that when Jacob arose in the morning, he took the stone that he had used, as a, uh, used at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. That was in Genesis 28, 18. So the first thing that Jacob started doing, when the, after he received the promise, number one, was to build an altar unto the Almighty God. Number two, while he was waiting for the fulfillment of the promise of God, Jacob was busy giving an offering unto the Almighty God. The Bible said he poured oil unto that particular altar. In other words, he was giving offering to the presence of the Almighty. Giving offering to the Almighty God. Number three, 
while Jacob was waiting, Jacob was also busy making, you know, Jacob was busy documenting his encounter with the living God. In other words, Jacob marked the place of this encounter. How many of us have a journal where you record the word of the Almighty God to you? How many of us have a place where we record the things that God has spoken concerning our lives? The thing that is said concerning your life? The things that they wrote, the thing that the Lord Almighty promised he was going to do in your life. The Bible tells us in the book of Esther that when the king was not able to sleep, he had to pick the book of remembrance and he started opening it and began to see the things that have happened in his kingdom. You and I need to be able to have a book or have a record of the dealings of the Almighty God in your life. The reason why you need it is because when there is discouragement, when the enemy starts whispering into your ears, there should be something that you can open up and say, this is what the Lord did. This was the word, the, Lord, the way the Lord had been with me. These are the answers to my prayer. These are the things that God has done in my life. That way you can encourage your spirit. When Jacob was waiting for the fulfillment of the Almighty God, he was busy marking and documenting the place of his encounter with the Almighty God. Number four, when Jacob was waiting, Jacob kept on moving forward. That is one thing a lot of us don't do. You get to a point, you are waiting for the promise of God, and then you stand still. You are saying that well, I'm waiting for God to do something in my life. But God will not, you know, but you at that point in time where you are waiting, you are supposed to be moving. The Lord is not expecting you to be standing still. The Bible tells us when the children of Israel got to that particular edge of the real, of the Red Sea and the Moses was crying, the Lord Almighty said, why are you waiting? He said, really lift up your rod and let the people continue to march forward. Even while you are waiting, the Lord expects you to continue to make progress. Even while you are waiting, expects you to continue to make, you know, to be engaged. Even while you are, while you are waiting for his fulfillment of his promise, he expects you to continue to move forward. And that was what Jacob was doing. If you read Genesis 29, the Bible says, so, Joseph, so Jacob, after the encounter with the Almighty God, after he received the promise from the Almighty God, Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the East. In other words, he kept on moving forward. You cannot stand still. You cannot stand still as you are waiting for the promise of the Almighty God. But most importantly, what Jacob was doing when he was waiting for the promise of the Almighty God was that Jacob was productively engaged while he was waiting. And what does that mean? It means that Jacob was doing something productive with his time. Jacob was doing something productive with his talent. Jacob was doing something productive with his resources. Jacob was busy doing something productive even with the relationship that he was forming. Jacob was productively engaged while he was waiting for the promise of the Almighty God. The Bible said the first time he met Rachel, the first thing he did was that he was he opened, he rolled away the stone for him. While he was in the house of Laban, he was busy working to win the two daughters of, uh, of Laban. While he was waiting, after winning the two daughters of, of Laban, Jacob continued to work even to increase his own lifestyle, to grow his own wealth. Jacob was productively engaged. The fact that you have the promise of God does not mean that you should be lazy. The fact that God has said he's going to do something in your life does not mean that you sit back and watch and put your life on cruise control. No. The Lord expects you to be productively engaged. In other words, while Jacob was waiting, he was not idle. He did not say, Sa, Sarah, Sarah, what's gonna be is gonna be. What goes up must come down. I don't know whether you know this song, but it's an old song. What's gonna be is gonna be. There's nothing you can do about it. Jacob was not singing that song. Because Jacob understood that the fact that you have the promise of God does not mean that you should be lazy. Jacob understood that the fact that you have the promise of God does not mean that you sit down and expect God to do everything for you. He did not, he did, no, he didn't do that. He was actively walking towards the fulfillment of the promise of God for his life. Okay? 
And this is where we are going to spend most of our time this morning. This is where we are going to camp so that many, because many of us do not understand what it means to wait for the promise of the Almighty God. So it's one of the biggest challenge for Christians. One of the biggest challenge in the house of God, in the church of God, is that people do not know what to do while they are waiting for the fulfillment of the promise of God. Most people don't know how to wait for God. Okay? We know how to pray to receive the promise. We know how to claim the promise of God. We know how to line up in the power of a prophet or a, or a, or a pastor or a, or a prayer warrior to lay hands upon us so that God can bless us. But the problem is that many of us do not really know how to wait or how to be engaged while we are waiting for the promise of the Almighty God. And the question is why? Why that most people don't know how to wait? Why is that most people don't know how to wait? Why is it very difficult to wait for the promise of the Almighty God? Why is the waiting period such a challenge in the life of a Christian? The reason is very simple. The waiting period is challenging because, number one, a lot of us lack understanding of what, uh, that the promise of God takes a period of waiting. Many of us expect the promise of God to happen overnight. We expect that when God speaks tomorrow, immediately things will begin to fall in place. But we forget that because we lack the understanding that there is a period between the time the Lord gives a promise and when he fulfills it. The waiting period is difficult because a lot of people have heard and they have been told that they don't have to wait for the promise of God. You claim it and you receive it immediately. That's what you have been told. And that is why a lot of people don't know how to wait. Many people don't know how to wait because of the human nature. We do not like to wait. We do not want to wait. I mean, many of us will stand in front of the microwave and look at the time. This thing should be moving faster. It's a microwave. It's supposed to be fast. But we are still even in a hurry in front of it. If we are in a hurry in front of the microwave, definitely we cannot wait for the Almighty God. That's why, that's why challenging, that's why it's very challenging to wait for the Almighty God. If waiting is difficult because of the ignorance of believers. Many don't even know how to wait. Even if those who wanted to wait, they don't even know what to do. When they are waiting. And not only that, we don't know what we are supposed to be doing while we are supposed to be waiting. And you, and you are, please hear me and understand me very well. If you don't know how to wait, you will miss the opportunities that God is making available for you during your waiting period. If you don't know how to wait. If you don't know how to be able to be productively engaged while you are waiting for the promise of God, you will miss the opportunities that God will make available for you. And because many believers do not want to wait, and those who are trying to wait don't know how to wait, you will end up wasting the opportunities that God makes available for you. There are two things I've said right now. Number one, if you don't know how to wait, you will miss the opportunity. If you don't know how to wait productively, you will waste the opportunity that God has given unto you. You might have somebody in high places who is looking for the director of a particular program. And that person has given you opportunity to go to school. You are supposed to learn certain things. But by the time you were in school, you wasted all the opportunity. Now there is opportunity to be the head of a particular project. Because you don't know a thing about that project, that opportunity will be passing away and given to somebody else. Not because you don't have the access. Not because God is not hearing your prayer. But because you have not positioned yourself to take advantage of an opportunity. And that is why every time you will notice, I keep pushing people. I say, hey, take advantage. Develop yourself. This is a safe environment. Learn how to speak. Learn how to do the things that you need to do. Because the opportunity will present itself one day. And when you have been comfortable in a very safe environment, what you will find is that it will become very easy for you to declare the word of God anywhere you go. Take advantage of opportunity while you are waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled. Okay? 
We waste opportunity. The reason we waste opportunities is because, number one, like I said, lack of understanding between what is called a passive waiting and an active waiting. There's a difference between when you are passively waiting and when you are actively waiting. How many of us take a commute in the morning? Our brother used to say during the time of our announcement that, okay, when you are waiting in the traffic, you can put on the YouTube and listen to my beautiful voice going on the line, you know? That is what is called productive waiting because what you are doing at that point in time is that you are filling your soul with some information. There is a difference between just sitting down in traffic, nothing is playing in your, in your, in your car, and you are just there. And then all sorts of thoughts start flying in your head. You know, why am I like this? Why is the traffic like this? Why are people doing like this? And at the end of the day, you begin to develop what is called a road rage. There has to be, you must understand the difference between productively waiting and just passively waiting. And when you are waiting for the promise of the Almighty God, you should learn how to productively wait. I remember when I was growing up, I don't know where I got this information or what somebody told me, but he said, everything that you find, he said, read anything that you can find. And in those days, when you are doing, when you, if you are, if you grew up in the community where we grew up, we take this public transportation. And in the public transportation, probably you buy some things. Uh, and we don't have these fancy packages in Nigeria in that day. You'll probably have it in a newspaper. They'll put whatever they're selling onto you and put it in the newspaper. You know, after I finish consuming whatever I have in the newspaper, you open the newspaper and just read the information there. There are times when I say things, I don't even know where I got the information from. But I know I read it somewhere. The idea, what I'm trying to say is that when you are waiting for the promise of God, don't just wait. Put something into that time. Anytime people come to the U.S. and I tell them, I said, why don't you go back to school? Oh, he says it's going to take four years. I say, well, you are going to be four years. It's going to come whether you like it or not. Why don't you put something in that four years? Why don't you educate yourself within that four years? Why don't you develop a skill within that four years? Why don't you learn a trade within that four years? The four years will come and go. What you put in it is what you benefit from it. Many of us do not understand the difference between actively waiting and passively waiting. And many of us do what is called passive waiting. You just sit down there and we don't do anything. And the Lord is not expecting you not to do anything. For anyone who wants to be involved in ministry, the time before you become a, you'll be going to the limelight. That is the time you're supposed to learn how to study the word of God. That is the time you're supposed to learn how to pray. That is the time how you learn how to minister the word of God. So that when the opportunity comes and the flood lights upon you, you are ready for the stage at that time. The Bible tells us, it says, John the Baptist was in the wilderness until the day of his showing. What was he doing in the wilderness? He was waiting actively. For the revelation and the fulfillment of the promise of God upon his life. So one of the problems why we waste opportunity is because when we are waiting, we don't know the difference between passive and active waiting. Number two, we waste the opportunity of our waiting period because we lack the understanding of how to productively be engaged during the period of waiting. How do you become engaged productively? How do you put your action, how do you put your time into productive use? How do you engage? What are the things that you do to be able to make sure that you are not wasting your time? Because that is what will determine whether you are going to move forward or you are going to remain on the same spots. And for us not to waste the opportunities of our waiting period, for us to benefit from the waiting period, you cannot just sit around. You cannot wait for God to do all the work for you. You you have to be productively engaged while you are saying, God, visit me. You have to be productively engaged. Okay? And the question is, what does it mean to be productively engaged? What does it mean? To be productive, when I say we, when I say a believer should be productively engaged, I'm talking about I'm talking about the believer consciously aligning your action in the direction 
of the promise of God for your life. You know God has called you into the ministry. How do you wait for the time that the Lord Almighty will say, okay, go. How do you wait for the time of your release? You wait by aligning your action, aligning your study, aligning your prayer, aligning your relationship, aligning everything you do in support of where you're going. Because if you keep doing the things that are contrary to the direction that you're going, you are going to sabotage yourself. So when you are waiting for the promise of God, the first thing you want to do is to be able to understand where is God taking me? Why am I going to get there? And then you begin to align your resources, align your action, align your behavior, align your attitude, align your, your, your appetite to make sure that you, you go in that same direction. Because how can you say that you are going to downtown Nashville and you are driving the direction of, of uh, Chattanooga? You will never get there. You will never get there because you are moving the opposite direction. So the point we're saying is that if you say you are going to be productively engaged, the first thing you want to do is make sure all your actions support the direction that you are going. Number two, when we say a believer should be productively engaged while waiting for the promise of God, we are talking about carefully building the capacity that will position you to take advantage of opportunities. Build the capacity. In other words, become a person that is growing. Become a person that is expanding. Carefully building the capacity that will position you to take advantage. When you have built the resources, when you have built your understanding, when you have built your ability to pray, you have built your ability to study the word of God, when you are called upon, you can deliver. You are not ashamed at that point in time. Because why? You have built the capacity so that when that opportunity presents itself, you can step into that role. But if you have not built the capacity, yes, God wants me to be a minister. Yes, God wants me to be X, Y, and Z. And you know nothing about it. The Lord wants you, you want to be an engineer, you want to be probably a, a security expert, or you want to be whatever you want to do in your, in your, in your chosen field of, in your chosen field of career. But you have not built the capacity to be able to operate in that field. When the opportunity is presented to you, you will not be able to do anything about it. Because all you can do, I mean, you can talk your way into the room. But remaining in the room is a function of the ability to be able to deliver. Okay? And that is why you see a lot of people, before they come into the stage, they give you a lot of high-sounding words, make a lot of noise, they create a lot of hoopla, you know, with all the fireworks and the pyrometrics and everything going on around them. And then when it's time for them to deliver, they say practically nothing. And then you say, with all this show that you have just put forward, what is it? What is this equal to, like my friend will say, what does it amount to? Nothing. If you are waiting for the presence of your mighty God, you're waiting for the promise of your mighty God, number one, you align your action towards that particular promise. Number two, you build the capacity to take advantage of the opportunity. Number three, you develop the resources. You develop the resources that you need to support the fulfillment of that particular promise. What are the resources? You develop the resources of your time. You develop the resources of your friendship. You develop the resources of your, of your talent. You develop the resources that God has placed at your disposal. The reason is because you need those resources to be able to move forward. If you have not developed the resources that is around you, you will find out that by the time you are given the opportunity, you do not have enough material. You do not have enough resources to be able to accomplish what you have been given the opportunity to accomplish. If you don't know the right people, you will not be able to connect properly. So if you are going to wait, make sure, number one, you are waiting with your action properly aligned. Make sure you are waiting 
by building your capacity, growing your base, making sure you have the structure that can support whatever God is about to throw into your hands. Because a lot of people crumble under the way. And that's why you see people do a lot of funky things when they become popular. It's not because they want to, but because they don't have the strength to be able to carry that foundation. To be able to carry the structure. And that is why you see the skyscraper is being built. They will dig deep, 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 deep so that that particular building that will be sitting on the foundation has a solid base. You need to build the capacity. Not only that, you need to develop the resources. The wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the connection. You need to develop those resources so that when you have the opportunity, you can now pull on those resources. And then finally, you need to have a constant motivation in your heart. The Bible tells us, uh, David, as David was going, the Bible said that David encouraged himself in the Lord. When there were nobody, sometimes you may not have the pastor around to encourage you. You may not have your friend around you to encourage you. You may not have your husband or your wife around you to encourage you. There may be nobody around you to encourage you. You must learn how to motivate yourself so that you can keep on going. There are times when you will look and that particular promise may not appear as if it's going to come to pass. But you must learn how to encourage yourself. One of the things I used to do, you know, when we, when, 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 when I was still, uh, pastoring in Nigeria, one of the things is you go to the church and everybody's always very excited. There's just a lot of excitement in the church. And then the first time I came to this, <laughs> came to this country where I was asking people to pray and they were looking at me. I said, wow. It was very, very depressing, but later I now figured out a way out. And the way I figured out is that number one, I will close my eyes when I pray. So I don't even see you. <laughs> I will say the prayer and I will say it myself. And that's why you see me when I call a particular prayer, I pray the same prayer because I don't want to hear. Whether you are praying or you are not praying, that's your problem. I have to make sure that I pray for myself. And that's why you see me pray exactly the same prayer that I'm asking you to pray. Because if I listen to what is going on around me, there's a temptation for me not to pray. If I look at what is going on around me, I'll be so discouraged I don't want to pray. There are times when I look at how many hours we put in putting a message together and I see the response is done, it can be very discouraging. So what do you do? You motivate yourself and I preach the message to myself. The point I'm making is that you have to learn to encourage and to motivate yourself if you are going to keep moving forward. If you are waiting for somebody to motivate you, if you are waiting for somebody to do it for you, you may not be able to find that person. And those individuals may not be there. And if you are not motivated, what happens? Your heart becomes heavy and you will drop the ball. We will not drop the ball in Jesus' name. The question then is that what are the conditions for you to be productively engaged? What are the conditions? Let's go to the book of Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. Reading from verse number 2, the Bible says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who read it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. By the end it shall speak, and it shall not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, but it will surely come, for it will not tarry. Now from these verses of scripture, you will see that you cannot engage in any productive action while waiting for the promise of the Almighty God until you are aware and you are conscious of the promise of the Almighty God. The Bible says, write the promise, write the vision and make it play. You have to be aware of the promise of God. You have to be conscious of the promise of God before you can be actively engaged. If you don't know what God is promising you, what are you going to be engaged doing? If you don't know where God is taking you, what direction will you be going? 
So there has to start with a consciousness. It starts with an awareness. If you are going to be productively engaged. Number two, it starts with an understanding and the digesting of that, pro- of that particular promise. What is the depth of this promise? What does this promise require? What do I need to be able to make sure that this promise will be fulfilled? You must come to that understanding. You must digest that particular promise. You must understand the requirement of that promise for you to be able to move forward. Number four, before you cannot productively be engaged until you are ready and committed to that particular promise. If you are not committed to you, you will not do anything. The preacher can preach until the face turns blue. And I'm still trying to figure out the color that blind that black people turn when they are when they are excited. But that's the story for another day. But the white man, I know they turn blue. But they can preach until their face turns blue. If you are not ready, if you are not committed, you will not be engaged. And not only that, it has to come to that realization and the acceptance of what it takes for that promise to be fulfilled. Because you have to, if you don't understand what it takes for the promise to be fulfilled, if you don't come to accept the fact that, yeah, this is what I must do to be able to see this thing happen. If you don't come to that realization and that acceptance, you will not do anything. And that is why a lot of us, we hear the same message. We hear the promise of God. We hear what God is about to do, what God is able to do, what God can do in your life. The possibility of the things that can happen in your life if you work with the Almighty God. But because we do not fully understand, we do not fully come to the realization of it, and we have not accepted the fact that this can happen in our life, we don't make any efforts. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, We thank you for listening.